amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I am Sean Anderson. Alongside me is Ricky Whitmer, and he will be you know, with us for at least 29 more shows as he will be gone in January. Yeah, yep. yeah. Good, We're just good, counting good down luck. now. Farewell good tour for Ricky. Good luck with that. And I'm joined by Dave Oster, who will be here for at least 30 more shows. Surprisingly enough. Until your contract runs that, up, and then you're going to go uh, by show if he shows up. That's the bigger question. Who misses the show first, me or Dave? I would say you, because you're going to be fired in January. Yep. He's Kale Ripken. He's not going to miss. That's, I don't do it. I never miss. What are you talking about? I always miss. Nope. Dave, <laughs> Dave's got perfect attendance. I've missed. Dave's never missed. Yeah. I, I mean, Dave's perfect attendance. Dave's going Kale Ripken style. You're going in January. Sorry, bud. You got 29 more. This is the 30, and we got 29 the next day. We'll see. We'll see. 29 more. Anyways, we are talking about Jamal Murray possibly being the number one pick. You know, John Calipari, is he talking out of his ass, saying that he is the best prospect, that he should be going number one? Is he talking out of his ass here? Then we're going to go over and talk about Harrison Barnes. His contract's running up. Warriors said they'll match any deal that goes out on the market. We'll see if that's true. We'll see if they should even do that. And then we'll go over and talk about Kevin Love, the scapegoat for the Cavaliers. Should the Cavs trade him after the NBA Finals? Should they get him off? And should they have a Kevin Love-free year and go mainly with LeBron James and Kyrie Irving? Let's jump into this. Calipari saying that Jamal Murray is the best prospect in the NBA draft. He's saying he's better than Ben Simmons. He's saying he's better than Brandon Ingram. He's saying he's better than Marquise Chris. He's saying better than Dragon Bender. Is John Calipari right? Should Jamal Murray be going number one? Calipari's just back in his own guy in this case. I don't I don't totally buy into it. He had an impressive performance uh, this past year, and then an, an even more impressive showing at the Celtics camp where he shot like 79 of 100 from the three-point line. Which is ridiculous, but at the same time, that's unguarded. That's you know without having any pressure. So, all right, it's still impressive, but it's not as impressive as you make it out to be. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Seventy nine percent from three, and if you can do that, then yeah, I would say draft number one. But again, you, that's unguarded. I think anyone could probably do that. I think Steph did ninety three from a hundred in practice one time unguarded. So, I mean, anyone can really. I mean, any NBA player who's known as a shooter can do that. I'm not saying Ben Simmons can do that unguarded, but you know Jamal Murray, who's known for a shooter. He, I mean, he's definitely going to be able to do that. And and the, the question was really, Jamal Murray may be the best scorer in the draft, but can he guard anyone? Do you think that Kyle Parr is just backing his own guy there? Well, it's kind of half and half because the way I see it is, first off, this could be A, Calipari backing his own guy. B, it could be him saying, hey, look at this. We've dissected Brandon Ingram and Ben Simmons so much. And I say we as like the entire sports media to where – we can pick out their faults from a million miles away. He's saying, hey, you know what? Maybe uh, Jamal Murray doesn't have as many flaws. And then the third thing I can see as this kind of being is Coach Cal going, huh, look at the other guys that I've produced for you guys that have been great prospects in the NBA. 
Yeah, I mean, I look at I look at Calpar and I think it's mainly him just backing this guy because I mean, of course, what do you think he's going to come out and say? Yeah, you know what? I didn't have the best best players this year. I, I didn't have the Brandon Ingram. I didn't have the Ben Simmons. I wasn't able to recruit him because that's just going to look terrible for recruiting. Right. If he comes out and says, you know, I'll back you no matter what, whether there's a clear consensus number one in Ben Simmons, there's a clear consensus in number two in Brandon Ingram. I'm going to back you no matter what. You're my guy. I believe in you. I I brought you into the Kentucky system. Because you're my guy. You're going to be the guy who succeeds in the NBA. And I don't think he's that crazy saying that he's one of the best players in the draft. I mean, he's, he's not. Yeah, he's not too far off. But yeah. at the same time, he's not in the same category as Ben Simmons or Brendan Ingram. They Their upside is like off the charts. We've seen, we've seen just a small fragment of their play with Jamal Murray. Again, he's a younger guy. He's only 19. But the weakness is there, and it was clear the whole season it was always his lack of uh, defensive versatility. Look, he, he can play a little bit, but if guys start stretching him one way or the other, and if they may, if they get the first step on him, he can't keep up. So I'm sorry, like Ricky, you mentioned we we dug really deep into mm-hmm. Ben Simmons. We looked at his weakness. Same with Brandon. I'm Ingram. not saying but, Murray doesn't but have Murray, no, no, I know. But so we, we've we've completely invested our time to see mm-hmm. all that. And, you know, maybe there's a little shadow over Jamal Murray. It's like, oh, well, we haven't dug so well, deep here. And the one thing that I kind of feel like is more of, yeah, it's kind of the what Sean was saying. It looks bad to recruits if you don't back your own guy. Yeah. But I really do think it's also Calipari saying, look at who I've given you since I've been at Kentucky. Since 2009 when he's been there, John Wall I'd throw in there, DeMarcus Cousins, Patrick Patterson I would throw in there as just a viable option. Eric Bledsoe, Enos Cantor, Brandon Knight, Anthony Davis. You can throw MKG, Kid Gilchrist in there. I'd even throw Julius Randle, Cat, Willie Cauley-Stein, Devin Booker, and then, oh, wait, we got to go back to his Memphis days for the big one in Derrick Rose. I mean, you're forgetting, you know, Terrence Jones, Marcus Teague, Doran Lamb. I mean, these are NBA stars here. <laughs> well, I'm not saying, like, the, not everybody's going to hit it. The three big ones are John Wall, Demarcus Cousins, and Anthony Davis. But I mean, look at Devin Booker. He's a guy for the Suns that we're talking, hey, you know what? Whenever we bring up Suns drafts, we're talking about his key in the future. Look at Cat. He's one of the biggest stars on a young upcoming Timberwolves team. I mean, Nerlens, he's a guy in the trade rumors that teams are going after because they want him. This is something where I think Calipari said, hey, look at look at my guys in the NBA. They're wanted. I believe uh, something. I, th- I think the one thing that I was trying to do there, I believe it's called giving you shit. No, I know. Um, I know. Yeah. Uh, anyway. I'm pretty sure Calipari just goes, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence. Exactly. And- <laughs> Ricky Bobby up in here. Yep. Ricky like, Bobby. He can do no wrong. That, that's basically where we're going with this. ain't first or last. Now, uh, maybe, maybe we should simplify the question. Maybe he shouldn't be going number one because I think we all believe that he should not be going number one. I think we all believe that Brandon, uh, ben Simmons should be the number one pick. Some right. people might say Brandon Ingram, if you Brandon, disagree. Ben Simmons is the pick, but I still want to throw this out there. In a alternate reality, if Murray did go first, he wouldn't be a bad fit for the 76ers because yeah. all they would have to do is, in my mind, trade Okafor, keep Nerlens, and then Why boom, him? you get the... Because you still have a crowded backcourt. I mean, you could keep Okafor if you want, but you can use him to get somebody else, maybe some draft picks, and then keep Nerlens, have Ner- or have Okafor and you don't have Simmons. Okafor and Nerlens. Never mind. Trade, fuck it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, mean I, I think Simmons is the easy pick. I mean, if you're going to trade anyone, trade Embiid. Guy hasn't seen the court. He might still be able to get something for him. Trade Saric. you never seen him play. 
No, I mean Noel is athletic. He's long. He's he's fantastic. I mean, the only reason you get rid of him is because you're drafting Ben Simmons. That's the only reason why those guys are on the trade block. We're talking now. We're not really talking now about is he the number one overall pick, but is he the best scorer in the draft? Would you say that Jamal Murray is the best scorer outside of defense? Outside of that, would Jamal Murray be the best scorer in this draft? Because we down saw to him or Buddy Heal. Well, yeah, you're, you've always been on the Buddy Heald side. I mean, I would has, pick Buddy have, Wooden over. Award winner. I would Buddy pick Buddy. Heald. Have you tr- you not changed? I mean, I this, this 79 for 100 has not changed your mind that that Jamal Murray is the better scorer. I I would pick Buddy just because of if I'm looking at it this way. Yeah, the 70 some out of 100 shots in a workout is good, but that's a workout. I've seen what Buddy has done in the tournament in real college games. I know it's just the tournament, but you can even look to the season. He did no show game in the tournament too. Yeah, one game. And I mean, also, and there, everyone's allowed one bad game. Steph Curry's allowed three of them. But also, <laughs> I mean, you look at you look at Jamal Murray. You can't say they didn't perform in the regular season. Forty percent no, for three I'm not and twenty points. Murray didn't. And he's perform. only nice. He was eighteen at the time. He's nineteen now. I mean, Dave, like you said, wooden award winner. Now the question: Do you want, want a nineteen-year-old excellent year, or do you want somebody who's you know, 20, 22, I'll take the experience. I'll take the twenty-three-year-old. Now I do want to go to one thing real quick, and this is before I go to Dave and ask if, if Jamal Murray is the best scorer. Would you pick Buddy Heald over Jamal Murray just in the draft sense still? Because you used to be on the side that Buddy Heald should be going to the Celtics number three. Have you jumped ship from Jamal Murray is the better player overall and is the better pick for a team higher? So basically, your your gun to your head: Are you picking Simmons? Are you picking Murray? Or are you picking Heald? Follow-up question or counter question. <laughs> is Marcus Smart on the team when I'm drafting? Yes, it's the same exact Buddy Heald. You're if picking Mar- Buddy Heald still. If Marcus Smart is not there and I was able to trade him maybe for a Jaleel Okafor, then I would pick a Jamal Murray because then he's a guy who, yeah, he can play the two, but I can even play the one too, and he can play both. If I have a Marcus Smart, I have my point guard situation all wrapped up with Thomas and Smart, I'm getting that pure scorer, and I'm getting a guy in Buddy Heald. I, I would I would think the opposite because I don't know if Marcus Smart can be that true point guard. And I mean, you look at Jamal Murray; he's a, he's a combo guard. I'm still on the side that Jamal Murray is the, the third best player in, in this draft. And Jamal Murray is the third best player. I think it, it was before this workout he was he showed that he was the third best player or the third best prospect. And I think I think it still reigns true. I think he would be the best fit for the Celtics. I think going with him would be fantastic. But now, Dave, I want to ask you: Is he the best scorer in the draft? Because we were talking about this earlier. That I mean, 79 for 100 is ridiculous. 80 percent for three is stupid. But is he the best scorer in this in this draft? I want to say yes so badly, just just to just to get under people's thing. So yeah, yeah, of course he is. Of course he's the best scorer. Are you kidding me? All right, think about this. You have a you have a one guard who can play the two. He's versatile enough, and as a pure scorer, if he can light up the three line like this, I mean, we're already seeing flashes of the NBA game falling back to that three point line where defense is less valued, mm-hmm. where you can get away with easier shots because if they play you hard, you're going to go to that free throw line, get get some free shots, and he's not a bad free throw point shooter either. So, I mean, at the end of the day, he's going to get you points in, by the bucket load. Like, there's no reason that this guy should be taken anywhere past four. He, he should be three, definitely. Four, even, uh, okay, I would I would take him. I know it's not a perfect fit, but value. That's the one thing with the Suns, though. I mean, the Suns have a crowded front court, so if, if they don't pick Well, if the Murray, Suns are good at I'm one thing, sure. it's dumping talent. True. <laughs> you get rid of Isaiah. Yeah. You get rid of Ben. Uh, you get rid of uh, Dragic, so you know they're easy, would, easily You know what would be an interesting talent. kind of situation, though, for the Suns? What's that? Is before I go into that, I just want to make the point with Heal and Murray. It's 3A, 3B. There's not much room in between them. But I with the Suns... If they did land a 
Jamal Murray. What they could do is because they've got Bledsoe and Knight, they can move one of them because their contracts are ridiculous. I mean, Bledsoe's up in 2019, Knight's all the way till 2020. You get a lesser contract with the rookie than you would the five-year vet. I would put my odds on maybe trading Brandon Knight because it's 2020 compared to 2019. And you can get a guy who can play the point next to Booker coming from a similar system as both of them came out of Kentucky with Calipari. Well, I mean, the one thing to consider, that would be an interesting uh, backcourt if you could get all those stars to line up. But I think the other thing I'm thinking is, does this? how much does this increase the value of that number three overall pick or number four overall pick if he falls? You got to think other teams are seeing this and going, hmm, maybe maybe we got to trade up for this guy. Maybe Here, the value is there now. I'm going to throw something out there. There was an article that I read online, I believe it was ESPN, where they threw out the situation. You're the 76ers. We said it. You're going to take Ben Simmons at number one. Why not trade Ja for that number three pick? Then you can get Simmons, Murray, and get rid of one of Ja or Nerland. It would not be NBA draft talk if Ricky did not bring up Brady Jaleel before. Dave mentioned it, and I'm just saying like that's one player that the Sixers could go after. And the Chad Ford has tweeted out that the Sixers are looking for a top six pick for Okafor. I mean, Okafor was a three originally, yeah. right? Or three and or four? They are seeking a top six pick for yeah. him. I mean, it's not crazy to suggest. I mean, I'm not saying it's wrong, but I'm looking at you know all this stuff, and I'm looking at at this, and I, I look at the I look at the 76ers, and I, I say you don't trade Ja. I think you I think trading him is is just kind of blowing up everything. And, and does it increase the value of that third pick? Yes, I think I think Jamal Murray's performance. You know, in camps, in workouts, has been phenomenal. It definitely increases it. It makes him more of an interesting prospect. But also, I mean, I don't want to say would it scare people off, but you look at the Celtics and they're trying to they're trying to trade out. They're trying to get a superstar already. They're not trying to wait. So I mean, maybe they're scared off of a guy. Or maybe not scared off. But maybe they're you know hesitant to draft a guy because they want to you know trade someone. They don't want to you know bring someone in and then trade him immediately. Maybe they're you look at the Phoenix uh, Suns. They don't want to you know crowd that front court even more. You look at the Timberwolves. You don't want to bring in a guy who's a, a score only because you look at that team you got Wiggins who is basically supposed to be the star you look at Cat he's supposed to be a star you got Levine there I mean these guys are all scorers you don't want to put another scorer you need another scorer in that crowd but I'm just that's the thing like I don't know if you want to that's the knock on Ricky Rubio is it not well the thing is is that he's just not a good shooter He's yeah. not a good scorer. He's just not a good shooter. The thing with Chris Dunn, he's a better shooter. He's a better defender. He, he can pass better. Fair enough. I mean, fair I, enough. That, that's the thing. I mean, maybe, I mean, would he even fall because people are like, he's too good of a scorer? I mean, it's kind of stupid to say, but I mean, would teams even be put off by this because they don't really, they, they can't see the true fit for him in their system? No, I mean, that, that's a valuable question. The, the problem is it all comes down to team eating what they value the most out of a player. A lot of teams these days, I think, are going to value that three-point shot higher, mm-hmm. especially after watching the last three seasons in the NBA where watching the three points, yeah. yeah, just the Warriors even in the last two. It's three-point shooting is so highly valued. Okay, you've got a knock on defense. Well, who does that remind you of? Three-point shot, not great defender. Well, I don't know. Maybe the maybe the unanimous MVP. Mm-hmm. But I'm not. I don't want to make that comparison because that's just asinine. Well, it's, and I mean, people have it's, made it's the, the value. Same, people yeah. have made the same comparison to. I believe it was a few podcasts ago there was some weird stat that they had with even Buddy Heel where they tried comparing yeah. it to Steph Curry. It's it's purely what teams value mm-hmm. and and a lot of these front offices I think are going to go that way. We you know, uh, I think it was last week or the week before start talking about Marquise Chris, you know, how he's jumping up the boards like crazy because of mm-hmm. athleticism and length. Okay, well what teams value that because you know his top end is off the charts because you can't teach that. 
There's so much uh, raw talent there because he's so young. Jamal Murray, another young guy. He's 19. He's got so much room to grow. So I'm not saying, I mean, he's 6'5", you know, with a 6'7 wingspan. So he's got the length he needs at point guard. He can go and, you know, play defensively. He can bully point guards, too. Yeah. I mean, if he's going up against most point guards, he can bully them. I mean, I, I mean, not some of the great defenders like Chris Paul. He's not going to be able to bully them. But, like, you know, weaker guys like Isaiah Thomas, if he, if he doesn't go to the Celtics, if he's going up against Isaiah Thomas and he's, like, backing him down, I mean, you're going to have to put a shooting guard on him. You're not going to be able to guard him with a traditional point guard. I look at this, though, and, and back to the original question, is he the best scorer? I'm, I'm just saying, are we forgetting Brandon Ingram? I mean, this is a guy compared to KD, who is probably Here, the second best scorer the, in the, in the NBA right now. Ingram and... I just I only say this because you say compared to KD. His ceiling is KD. Yeah. Well, the th- big difference we got to remember about KD is yeah the bodies might be similar, but KD was bringing down boards. Ingram he ain't doing that. Seven boards a game. Yeah, I mean, that's compared to what the boards. double digits that. KD was bringing down back when he was on the Longhorns. See, one thing that I do want to compare though was KD was the man in Texas. KD was not, you know, c- c- you know, going up against anyone in Texas. You look at Brandon Ingram, and he brought down seven boards on a team with a Plumlee who just you know dominated the boards there. He was going up with you know Grayson Allen. He was going up with guys who were also grabbing boards. I mean, that Duke team was complete. That Duke team was you know able to mm-hmm. make all, all, was almost able to make a national championship run. I look at Brandon Ingram, and I, I look at him, and, and against out of you know the the rebound side. I'm talking straight scoring. Yep. He against Jamal Murray, a better three-point shooter. Jamal Murray shot around 40% and I think Jamal Murray had more threes because I mean that's what he was mainly working off of. But if you look at Brandon Ingram, averaging around 41% from 3, he was a 42 44% uh, field goal shooter. 17 points. I mean, that was kind of taken up by Grayson Allen because Grayson Allen was was mainly the scorer there. Right. 68% from three from the free throw line. You want to see that jump up more, but I think that will develop. I, I look at Brandon Ingram, and I think he's easily the best scorer in this in this draft class because he's a guy who's six who's six ten. He can use his body to maneuver in and out of the lane. He could use it to post up. He can use it to shoot from deep. I think he he's able to have the body type that's you know harder to guard. He's able to stretch the floor. I look at Brandon. I mean, he's easily the best scorer, not only. Because of his body type and because of his size, but his ability just to, I mean, shoot. I mean, obviously, I would take say that Jamal Murray is the best shooter in the class, but scoring-wise, Brandon Ingram still takes it for me. I'm going to go off of what Dave said and take a point that Dave said, and I'll I'll equate it to this. In today's NBA, who would you rather have as a scorer? Not because of what they've done, just their play style and what they bring to the table. KD or Steph Curry? Because that's what we're looking at. And in this NBA, I'm looking at that kind of a style of Steph Curry. And I'm saying, give me that. No, KD without a doubt. Because the thing about Steph is, I mean, 400 threes is fucking stupid. I mean, I'm not going to deny it. And I'm not going to deny it how great Steph is. But Steph is a once-in-a-lifetime player. I mean... I, I, or not once in a I'm lifetime, saying, but he is a But I'm not saying train. Murray's going to be exactly like that. I'm just yeah. saying that style in this NBA, I'm taking that because that's going with but, the trend. But the thing when I'm going is you don't need anyone else around KD to do what KD does. KD is putting up 28 a night because KD is just a scorer who does that by himself. The thing with Steph is he works mainly off the pick and roll. He's got the other best shooter in the NBA besides him and Clay Thompson. That's taking off defenders there. With KD, he creates his own shot. I mean, obviously with... Steph, he can shoot from like fifty five feet out and, yeah, and switch. It's a little it. broken, but the thing is with, with with Steph is Steph is the you know a transcendent player in the NBA. I don't think anyone can do the 
same thing like him. I think just looking at it, you know, style-wise, I would take KD's scoring over Steph because Steph can be on and off where KD can get to the basket and get a high percentage shot there. And you just hit the best point, and this is the point that I look. I want to look at with every single one of these players that you look at in the draft, whether it's Simmons, whether it's Ingram, whether it's Murray, whether it's Heal, is you can have the best scorer in your mind. You can have a KD. You can have a LeBron who fucking put the team on my back. But in the NBA, especially right now, and the Warriors are proving it, you need a team. You need that person to fit into your system and make everybody else better. And you can't bank on Simmons coming into Philadelphia or Ingram coming into L.A. I don't think and can, doing it all themselves. I don't think you bank any kid doing that themselves. I no, think that's what I'm saying. There's a like, specific yeah. breed of players, and I think we've only seen a couple players who have been able to put the teams on their back and, immediately. And I equate this to me, the one mind, and it's because we're from Chicago, is I immediately think of Derrick Rose. We got Derrick Rose, and it's like one player, boom, franchise change. Okay, but that's also because we had other players in place there. You had Joe Kim Noah there still. You had a, a, a decent head coach. There. I mean, you, you, you're you talking about different systems there. You're talking about a 76ers team who won 10 games last year. You're talking about a Bulls team that year. I mean, they that wasn't even their pick. They, that was the Knicks pick, right? And that was a team that was a pick that had odds of like 0.8%. So I mean, that wasn't even a high team there. I look at, I look at that and I, I say D Rose came into the perfect fit system right there. It's kind of like the Rams this season getting Jared Goff. I mean, Jared Goff, he's going to a Rams team that was near near 8-8. Eight and eight. It's, a, it's a, a Rams team that has you know, been near the playoff hunt, and they just needed to add that one piece. D. Rose was that one piece. I mean, you're getting a number one player when you're a team that was not in the playoff hunt that year, but you were close to the playoffs. I mean, you, this wasn't a team that was like 10-72 and 72 or whatever it right, was. Right, right. I completely agree with you on that. And getting back to the, the KD comparison versus Steph, I'm with you, Sean. I, I absolutely would take KD. KD can go out there on his own and score. Doesn't need nobody. It's great that Russell Westbrook is there, but even without Westbrook out there, you've seen what KD can do. He can carry this team on his own. So. And in some minds, Westbrook is holding KD back. That's my mind. Oh, my God. I disagree there. I mean, I think I think Russ might be the best player right now on that Thunder team, or at least the past two seasons he has been, but that's also because KD's been dealing with injury problems. Yep. Uh, final question here. Would you take Jamal Murray number three if you're the Celtics? Saying there's no trades, nothing, nothing happening. Would you take Jamal Murray number three with the Celtics? Because we don't think he's going number one or two. Well, if there's no trades, then most likely. But the first thing I think <laughs> of most is this is where's Buddy heal that? Well, this is one thing uh, he'd be. It'd be right now fifty fifty. That's how I feel. Be a man. 50, pick a side. 50. Pick a side. The way then fine. Fucking heal because I love Buddy heal. <laughs> Biased all the way. But the one thing I'm throwing out there because I've been sitting on this for a few minutes now, and since this is the last time I'm ever going to get to say this on this podcast, it's going to be interesting if the Celtics do like we mentioned earlier trade the pick. Two teams that could be looking in. First thing I thought, oh, the T-Wolves could go up and get Murray. But then I thought to myself, why would they trade probably Levine in the fifth when the Suns aren't going to take Murray even if he falls there? Look to the Pelicans to maybe make a move if they really want see, Murray. See, I, I'm I'm disagreeing there because you, you're talking you're talking up healed so much. I don't think healed goes in the top five and Pelicans are. I just six. like heel. Take I just heel. like heel. I know yeah. what I'm saying is if if you're taking a guy like Heald, take him at six. I mean, he's if he's 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 the the one knock on him is his age. He's not a bad scorer. Right. He's I mean they're kind of similar in the way that Jamal Murray and Buddy Heald are bad defenders. 
Heald can be a scorer. Take him at six. I, I look at that and I say, why trade up for the T-Wolves too? Because we talked about that. That's just crowded scorers right there. Jamal Murray's more of a scorer. I know he's a great three-point shooter, but he's also more of a scorer. You're crowding scorers up there. I say you need a guy who can pass it off to your scorers, but also can be not a guy you rely on, but a guy who can be good in pressure moments like a Chris Dunn who can you know, you know know be able to stretch the floor and be able to shoot the ball. Moving on to the Golden State Warriors, because there's an article out there saying that the Warriors would match any offer going to free agent Harrison Barnes after this season. Any single offer going to him, because he is restricted free agent after this year. Is it a smart move to match anything that Harrison Barnes will be getting? Is it a smart move? Because they do have a qualifying offer of $5.1 million. I mean, would, would, would you qualify and then match anything that Harrison Barnes gets? Or would you just want to sign him right away? What would, what would be your game plan if you're the Warriors? Because you're tight on cap space, even with it going up. You're currently sitting at $74 million with the current contract you do have and the current contracts that will be expiring. You do have guys like Jason Thompson, who's at getting $6.8 million. you got a guy like Andrew Bogut, who's getting $11 million. Iguodala is getting $11.1 What would your game plan be to do for Harrison Barnes? Because they want him back. Oh, I say keep him. If you want him back, keep him. The way I would do it is we've got the offer. No one's offered at him yet. We'll see what happens. As soon as that offer comes in, we'll fucking take it. Anything, and the re- what If it's a max I mean, they're contract? Gonna, okay, some trash your team's like going to go max or near if max. If it's like a yeah. max max, it's all about to, is Harrison Barnes really like me? If Are you going to pay him Barnes, $20 million a year? I would because, I mean, you look at this, the guys that they'll be losing for sure in free agency, Brandon Rush, Ian Clark, McAdoo, Barbosa, Verizhao, Spates, the only ones making just prominent big money but not so big is Spates and Barbosa, which are like around, what, six just over six million Mm -hmm. together. All the other ones, Verjao, you can have come back for cheap. He's only going 400 k right now. You can bring guys back for cheap minimums to fill out that roster, even if you gave them 20 mil. I mean, Harrison Barnes, you look at Harrison, and we were talking about Bismack Biombo possibly getting a max contract just because he had two good games. I mean, Harrison Barnes has just had a good career. I mean, the fit for the Warriors is perfect. So would mm-hmm. I match it? Depends on the price, to be, to be to be honest, because I don't really know if you give up Every single thing, because the Warriors, they found great pieces in spades. They found great pieces in bringing back Sean Livingston, a guy yeah. who had the, one of the nastiest injuries in the, in the like the, the history of the league. Draymond Green, who was uh, such a deep find there. Steph, who I mean, who was you really didn't take a chance at nine overall, but you still you still drafted that player thinking he could be a cornerstone. Clay Thompson, a guy out of Washington State, who was really you know not that big of a name. I mean, his dad had a bigger name than him there just because of his former uh, career with the Showtime Lakers. Look at Andrea Iguodala, a guy who was looking like he was in the twilight of his career. I mean, they, they take chances and find guys who are on the downside of their career or guys that really not ever got the chance. So do you think it's worth giving up everything for Harrison Barnes when you could probably find some cheaper replacements for him? And plus, you got Steph's contract coming up soon, and you're going to have to resign him. I mean, he's only making uh, 12.1 next year. Do you think it's uh, uh, worth it to give Harrison Barnes a max contract? It's whether you want to keep together this team. It's all about continuity. It's all about team play. I mean, that's what's gotten them this far into the playoffs. They play as a team. They go deep on the bench with these lesser-known names. Like you said, guys who you know have had their troubles in their careers and have been playing up for this Warriors team. So Harrison Barnes, stat-wise... Not spectacular, okay? You know, this year he put up, like, just shy of 12 points a game, pulled down about five boards. Not awful. He's a good defender. He can nail down shots when he needs to. He, he was shooting, like, uh, just shy of 40% from three and about 46% for two. So he, by all means, very capable player. But is it worth 
upwards of 15 to 17 million a year to keep him that is a scary number for me. See, that's the thing. I mean, we always make the comparison to the 96-97 Bulls because, I mean, they, they they tied the record or they beat the record. I mean, you know, they're they're basically going on to be one of the best teams in the NBA. And the thing with the Bulls is they had the the big 3. They had Rodman, they had Pippen, and they had Jordan. The big 3 for this this Warrior team, it's Cur- it's Curry, it's Thompson, and it's it's Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, is Barnes an essential peach? I mean, that's kind of like giving Tony Kukoc. It's kind of like giving Kukoc a max contract. I mean, would it be smart there? That was the one only thing I have that's very different in that day is the contracts for that Bulls team. Oh, my team. God. They were rigged. It was all Jordan. <laughs> it was Jordan got everything, and then everyone else got scraps. Mm-hmm. That's how – well, like, the contracts weren't even split up fairly. Jordan yeah. was getting, like, the lion's share and then some of all the contracts. To me, the way I see it, and this is kind of Harrison Barnes' value as a whole – and I'll throw this question out to you guys that we actually, have, I think we got to look at before we can talk about anybody else offering at him. Is Harrison Barnes a guy where if you're another team, give me this guy because we can win a championship with him? I don't. That's the that's the question you have to ask yourself. I don't think Harrison Barnes could be a star on any team. I don't think he's going to be an all star. I think he's a very good starter for any team. Or is he only good because he's on the Warriors? No, I don't think that's it. I think Harrison Barnes showed potential out of college. I think they they made a a right pick in drafting him. But the big question is consistency with him because even if he's out there, he you know he only played sixty six games this year. But also, when he was out there, you know, he wasn't always into it. He had some lackluster nights where he was just kind of cruising by. He's shown up pretty big in a couple of playoff games. I mean, it's iffy. It, this is a not this is not a guy who is 100% consistent, who's not 100% all in. So you have to wonder, commitment-wise, if I'm ready to drop $15 million to $20 million on this guy, how ready is he to go all out for me? See, I don't think he can be the face of a franchise and for any franchise. I don't see any team that's like, yeah, Harrison Barnes is going to change our franchise. But it's a the, great plug-and-play piece. Exactly. I think he's a, he's a great starter. Not even the Brooklyn Nets. He could change the Brooklyn he Nets. He cannot man. change the Brooklyn Nothing Nets. Nothing can change the Brooklyn <laughs> Nets. Nothing can change the Brooklyn Nets. Other than about a nuke going off in Brooklyn. Probably. And draft picks. Yeah, I, I, think, I think probably 20 draft years picks. will change the Brooklyn Nets just because <laughs> they need that much time to get draft picks back. I, I look at this Warriors team, and I, I think you know having a guy like Harrison Barnes that's a perfect fit but is it a perfect fit for that much money I I say no I say you know I say let him walk because you look uh, and and if you don't let him walk I still think you can find quality pieces there because if let's say they sign him let's say they match a a contract for 17 million let's say they keep him and you're really scrapped because you're not going to be able to sign Spates Spates is going to go get paid because this is a guy who can shoot from deep as a center you're not going to be able to sign Leandro Barbosa because I mean if he's going to be able to put up you know points in the playoffs off the bench I mean that's going to be you know instant money for him and and it's obviously going to pay raise over 2.5 million dollars i don't know if he's going to be a guy who's going to be like yeah we want to or i'm going to take a pay cut for that festus is young festus is going to want to get paid and i don't know if festus is going to get that much money but still it's going to be much more money than you're going to pay you know a guy he's going to get more than three million dollars a year so i look at richard i look at a guy like richard jefferson on the Cavs right now a guy who is having a resurgent career i mean a resurgent part, part of his career playing phenomenally for the Cavs. His salary, $1.5 million. You can find players out there for the Warriors that are like a Richard Jefferson that can come back and you know have playoff experience and can still contribute some part of their career. I think you're going to be able to find guys like that. I think you're going to be able to find some players who can come in in basically their twilight of their career and still be able to willingly give everything left they have just to win a championship. I think you, you're better off signing Harrison Barnes because... 
you know, this is a guy who knows your system. This is a guy who plays well in your system. You know, this is a guy who knows the, the, the Warriors' ball, and I think this is a guy that will be a key piece along the line. I think you keep him, and then I think you go just scraps for 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 bench players here. I think I think you're going to be able to bring a guy like Brandon Rushback, who's only making one point two million dollars. Ian Clark probably not, but I think you'll be able to find guys like an Anderson Verajao who just want to win a championship, right. And are willing to give something back. Well, and the interesting thing that I look at too is. I'm on the side of keep him on the Warriors, even if that means giving him a $20 million contract. And one of the things people are going to mention is, but Ricky, what about Steph? What about him? And after next season, you got to pay up for Steph Curry. Where's that money going to come from? I'll tell you one place it could come from. We talked about it in our pre-podcast meeting was Andre Iguodala and Andrew Bogut are coming off the books that same year, $11 million each. Those are two guys where Kirk can easily go to them. Management can easily go and go, hey, how much do you want to be here? And both of those guys I could feel saying, yeah, I want to be here to win more championships because it could be three in a row by that point. Yeah, they could do some scary things. I think the upside is that Barnes is still a young player, and he mm-hmm. still has potential to continue to grow. I mean, we've seen a smaller role out of him, but that's because he's got these big, giant guys shadowing over him with Steph Curry, with Clay Thompson, with Draymond Green. So maybe we haven't even seen the best of Harrison Barnes yet because his potential is capped because of the guys he's playing around. And we've seen that in other cases where guys are just so overshadowed until mm-hmm. they break free, we don't get to see everything out of them. But I like what you're saying with trying to find guys on the maybe downturn of their career and get some value out of them. One of the guys I look at is Lil Dang. He has played so many fucking minutes. I mean, it's incredible. But this man still has the the pure willpower. He's a great defender. Would be a, oh my God, him matched up with Iguodala on that. Oh, so much defense. I was going to bring that up. Ah! I swear to God, I was going to bring that up. <laughs> I was looking at it. I was like, all right, Luol Deng's available. And then also Evan Turner's available. I know he's, Evan Turner would be interesting. He's not able but... to shoot. And I think he wants you know a lot of a lot of money there just because he, he is a good player off but the bench. But we're not automatically assuming that Luol Deng's going to Minnesota because of uh, Coach Thibbs? I mean, he might be. I mean, like, I'm not that, saying that's he what would. I think. That's I'm, a maybe. But he, he, are you him, pass Noah, up, they're uh, all, Everybody who's got connections to the old Bulls team, they're off the board until Thibbs says no. But are you going to pass <laughs> up on a chance no. in the Warriors? Also, no. Joe Johnson's available. Joe, Joe Johnson, Johnson kind of I was lackluster about him. I mean, I had, I had all the hype in the world for him coming in late here's, in the season. Here's the he didn't live do, up. He didn't do awful, though. Here's the thing about Joe yeah. Johnson, and this is my only case for him to maybe be on the Warriors. Is he a guy that's not a four or a five that can add some length to a team that's been brutally mismatched against the Thunder because of their length? And then the Tristan Thompson and RJ were the two people that were just completely dominating the Warriors in the first half of Game 4, is that a guy who maybe they can go, hey, maybe add some length to our team at the 1-2-3 like, backcourt position? Maybe. I, there's another guy that I do want to throw out there, and I think this one's kind of kind of far-fetched, kind of just completely out there. A guy who has been on and off, but a guy who's kind of known for defense. Lance Stevenson's a free agent. I oh mean, my no, God. no. Why not? No, you trying to wrangle in Lance no. Stevenson? I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just throwing it out there. No, he's he's shown it before. He's he's shown ability to stretch it out. Maybe this he goes is a to a team. team. I'm just saying, yeah, but I'm talking about I'm his attitude. Saying, isn't this is a fit that well-run team, and and just yeah, culture is just oh no. That, that's and that's a reason why there. Joe Johnson may not even be a good fit. I was just trying to make. Yeah, some that's why I don't sort. have Matt Barnes going. It's like Barnes. <laughs> oh my God, he'd be an amazing defender. 
but at the same time, he's an awful person. He is. And you already have Draymond Green. There's only so much so much locker room cancer you can have. Very true. Uh, and one final guy that I would love to see, but it's not going to happen because he just wants to get paid. Joe Kim Noah. Joe Kim Noah would be cool to see on the Warriors, but it's not going to. It's not going to happen. No, but no, we're we're all forgetting the name here. He may here. stay in the Bulls. If he we may if, stay with the Bulls. If we need a small forward, why are we not talking Kevin Durant? Well, because money. We're talking money. Here. Oh, we're flooding everybody know. off. You could, if you're going to give max, con- if you're going to give a max contract to I Harrison mean, Barnes, that's why thing. not just throw it at KD? Right. <laughs> that's my question. That's I would. I agree. If we're going to throw, no matter what the offers, we'll match it. No, no, no that's bullshit. Because if somebody offers Harrison Barnes anywhere above shit, I'll, I'll draw the line at 17 mil because that, that's reasonable to me. Mm-hmm. I'll draw it at 15. Um, anything over that? I'm like, why am I not just throwing all my cash at Kevin Durant just to see? Is it one of those things, though, where the Warriors are probably like, you know what, he's, he's going to stay with the Thunder? I think it's because the series is still going on. Oh, okay. <laughs> that is my answer, is because that, this is being recorded after Game 4 mm-hmm. of the series. That, and what if they're just they're talking to him, and he's just like, I don't want to go there. What, what, if, what <laughs> if KD and, and the Warriors are like, all right, we're, getting, we're just going to say that we want to we match anything for Harrison. A little smoke. But, but, you're, but you're, our, you're our guy. <laughs> if you come here, we're going to win championships galore, dude. It's going to be you, nobody Steph, can stop us. Clay, Draymond. It's going to be ridiculous. I, we, we already talked about this and, and how stupid it would be. I don't, I don't know if it would work. I don't know if it's going to happen. Probably won't happen, but... I mean, if you're going to throw money at Harrison Barnes, why not KD? Look at the smile that just got put right? on Sean's face. It is like ear to ear. It'd be fun. Ear to It'd ear. be fun. It'd be fun. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to move over, over to a guy because all right, I think I think why I'm smiling is hashtag I'm at, blame love. What, what, I'm, looking at, th- I'm love. looking at this smile. I'm looking at Kevin <laughs> Kevin Love's smile right here. I think I'm, I'm mimicking him. Hashtag I'm, no love. Hashtag not all. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stand <laughs> on a soapbox here. Uh, Ricky stood on on a soapbox for a preview that we just did for Go uh, ahead. for Game Four. Permission granted. Kevin Love. All right, Kevin. I'm going I'm to talk to you, buddy, because I feel like you've been battered. You've been bruised around. You came in when you were 20 as a young, bright, bright, you know, bright-eyed buck going to Minnesota, and you were you were a champ, dude. I remember going 20 for 20, days on days. You were just dominating in Minnesota. I mean, it was ridiculous. You know, final season, 26 points. You were lighting it up. And then you go to Cleveland, and you you, know, you, you have all this expectations that you're going to win a championship. You get traded for the number one overall pick. I mean, this is Kevin Love we're talking about. This is Kay Love, this guy who's just dominating boards and dominating three-point land and dominating just every asset of the game, and then he just kind of falls off. And now he's getting all this blame, and now he's getting injured, and now people are saying that he's not, so, you know, he's not a real NBA player. He's too soft. Kevin Love, get your ass out of Cleveland. And I'm saying this for the best of you. I'm saying this because I care about you. I'm not saying this because you can't win a championship in Cleveland. I'm not saying this because you don't deserve to be in Cleveland. You deserve to be in Cleveland, but you deserve to be loved, Kevin Love. You deserve to be on a team that's going to treat you like a superstar because you still are a superstar. You're 27. You're still in your prime. And I think K-Love, if he can gain his confidence back, he can still be a key piece for a team. And you know what? There's a nice, bright place in Boston here. They got a third oh, overall pick. You did they not. They got a different they got more picks out the ass. Thank you Brooklyn. Question. Would I'm they have to get rid Brooklyn. of Olenek though? The gift that, that keeps on giving. Would, would they have to get, get rid, rid of Olenek. Olenek for that to work? You don't need Olenek, a damn bl- it. A little bit of bad blood. I know what you're arm for arm. Yeah, a little arm for an arm. <laughs> eye for an eye, arm for an arm. I look at K-Love. Get your ass in Boston. Get your ass in a green uni. Bring it back. K-Love can be the next Kevin McHale, but better. <laughs> before, oh, my God. Before we touch that, I just want to throw something out there. Sorry, Kevin. While you were, which one? McHale. McHale. <laughs> While you were going off on your rant, you know, it's the one thing I kept thinking. Huh. I would have loved for you to do that same rant, but have that kind of music that Jimmy Fallon does on the slow jam stuff. Just playing behind you. You're slow jamming to Kevin Love. Slow jamming the news with just, Barack Obama. Yep. And that's what you're doing <laughs> to Kevin. That's what I would have loved to see seen right there, but... I love it. Get out of Cleveland. I totally agree because 
It has nothing to do with Kevin Love. And I tweeted a tweet yesterday after the game. That probably that's shitty. what you do. You the, tweet tweets, the, right? The hashtag. You don't know anything about that. You don't tweet. Yeah, no, Dave don't, Dave don't tweet. tweet. We got to explain it to him. But <laughs> it's. I went like, oh, bl- hashtag blame Love. Hashtag this. Because it's like, as soon as the game ends, I know I knew there was going to be fans that go, well, he played. That's why we lost. It had nothing to do with, uh, you know, the hero ball for the entire fourth yeah, quarter. And it had nothing to do with... You just saying, fuck the bench. We don't need a bench. We don't need Tristan and, I mean, No chain fraud. The one thing I think of is Kevin Love. Why, why should you be the scapegoat, man? I agree. Why and, should you yeah. be the scapegoat? Don't take that blame. I agree. And the thing with, with Kevin Love is we talk about how it's just hard for him to you know work with Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland's not a team with K-Love out there. You know, there's it's it's LeBron, it's Kyrie. Cleveland's and not have... a team. You could have just stopped right there. True. That That's it. True. I you mean not. the Cleveland Jameses or the Cleveland LeBrons, whatever you want to call That's all it is. He he doesn't fit. His game doesn't translate to what Cleveland wants to do, which is nothing but ISOs. Mm-hmm. You could have just said the Cleveland Kings because that would have just worked. Kings, that would have worked, King. too. But here's the thing. Well, he may not even be the king if he loses this finals. That's what some people are saying. You can't, you can't strip a nickname here's, that he's had since he was like 16. Here's and six straight finals. Come but on, here's guys. the thing that, I mean, it's totally, you hear it, everyone's talking about it, It's totally true, but it has nothing to do with Kevin Love. You look back at the Cavaliers, the reason why they're in this situation, you can say it's LeBron James, and I'd be like, fine. I can tell you that, you know what, I'll take your opinion for it. But for me, it's the management. The management should have never traded for Kevin Love because at this point, I bet you're probably sitting there going, man, I would have loved to have Andrew Wiggins over Kevin Love right now. For Cleveland? For Cleveland, love. I don't know. I don't think that. that. Have, I think Wiggins, Wiggins would have got James lost. Irving, Wiggins would have got lost based on what I saw and what he's how, going how to become. Have, I would have kept him over. That would have been over love at this point. That would have been detrimental to that kid's growth. That kid would not have grown. Grown. I mean, you 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 look at that and you have Kyrie, who is you know the guy who was there when LeBron wasn't. You have a guy in LeBron who's finally coming back. That would kill Wiggins' confidence. But, that would kill Wiggins all of his potential. Where, how okay. Wiggins even fit in on that team too? Exactly. Not not the not, not the, the main, point. Not the major <laughs> point I was trying to make. The major point I was trying to make is the head of this Anybody organization is just. Not there. They don't make sound decisions, and I'm not saying that because they, they try Kevin to make Love's the win now player. No, they listen to LeBron. That's the, what they did. They LeBron came in and said, "I want this guy." They made okay. it all happen. But you look at you look at Kevin Love and that year before he was traded. You look at him. He played 77 games. He shot 45 percent from the field, 37 from three, 26 points, and 25. Or tw- I mean, tw- not 25 rebounds, 12 like rebounds. Like I said, I'm he was not one saying, of the best players on the trade block. You need no, a guy no, no, no. to, to not be in that, that position. He, he, I'm not saying he was a bad player. I'm not saying don't do it because Kevin Love's a bad player. Just what we know now, and of course, hindsight is 2020. I wouldn't have made that trade if I was Cleveland because one of the big things that everyone is, was expecting Kevin Love to come into this team, oh, it's going to be great. We've got the D-Wade. We've got the Bosch. We've got the LeBron, the same big three they had in Miami. Guess what? Kevin Love is not Bosch. And when you're the guy see, who, no. wait, 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 okay. wait, wait, let me talk. Oh, When oh, you are the oh, guy, no, I'm heated because of this. When you're the guy who, for Bosch, it was easy because he was the little brother. He was just happy to be there, took the third role. When you're Kevin Love and you're playing in a system where Rubio's feeding me the ball and the offense runs through me, and then you got to come over to Cleveland and be the third man, 
Okay, it's a, it's a little bit of an of an adjustment. So yeah, obviously it was an adjustment. I I blame the coaching. I I don't blame the GM for bringing him over. Caleb did not want to be in Minnesota. Caleb wanted to be in Cleveland. I don't blame Caleb at all. I don't blame the GM. I blame the coach. I blame the ownership for not getting the right coach in there. David Blatt wasn't the right coach right away. He was not fit so to then coach you those do three blame guys. The ownership. Well, I, I I blame the ownership, not the GM. That's what I said. Well, both of them have a say into who comes in. The to GM, be the head coach. I'm, I'm talking GM controls who who they bring in. Personnel, the general manager, just they pure control personnel. personnel. Yep. I look at Kevin Love. He did not want to be in Minnesota, and you know, with Chris Bosh, he was the guy in Toronto. He was the only guy in Toronto for many years. Kay Love was the guy for in Minnesota for about three years. He did not. He wanted to win championships. He wanted to be paid like a star. He was going to do that in Cleveland. I blame the coaching. Yeah, I blame but I'm the ownership. Coming in, I'm coming in and saying that Chris Bosh went into that big three. He had a choice. Well, no, I know he did, but he came into that big three knowing, you know what? I'm the third guy, and I'm going to make this work. For Kevin Love, he might have been saying to himself, Kevin Love I'm and Chris Bosh have guy. different games, though. I'm but the also, third guy, but at the same time, it's like, I'm the third guy. I don't think that's it at all. I think that just he was not a third guy. He wasn't seen as the third guy. He was just seen as another player. Smith is more the third guy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He was not shown the respect of a third guy. The coaches didn't use him in the right way as a third guy. I mean, you look at his his stats. He fell 10 point differentials from his first year to second year. Same amount of games, same everything, same basically you know uh, field goal percentage. He didn't shoot worse. I mean, he literally just had decreased you know, time, he had a decreased role. He wasn't used like a Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh was still a guy on, uh, he was able to still be a guy when, you know, LeBron was off and D-Wade was off. He had a, the right coach in Eric Spolstra. I mean, they didn't have the right coach right away because Eric Spolstra didn't know how to use him. He finally learned how to use him. They didn't have the right coach for David Blatt for a year and a half. Ty Lue isn't the right coach. I think it's, and it's obviously not LeBron's fault because LeBron was able to be controlled in Miami. I look at this, it's not Kevin Love's fault. I'm not blaming Kevin Love. I'm blaming the ownership and the coaching staff for not, you know, catering to Kevin Love in the right way. I say you go to Boston, a team where... Brad you, Stevens, you, Danny Age. Yeah, you have Brad Stevens, you have Danny Age. You have a team that is you know enriched in history. I look at a team that, you know, Isaiah Thomas, is he a star? Yes, but is he the? should he be the only star? No, K-Love can be that second star there. He'd look good in Celtic green, too. He would. I think he would look good in any damn uniform. If I'm an <laughs> except, NBA team... Except Cleveland. Yeah, except because they don't know how to use them. If I'm an NBA team and I see Kevin Love and him struggling, I would go to Cleveland and just be like, "What is Kevin Love's price?" Because we'll take him. Because I think Kevin Love can still be a phenomenal player in the NBA. I think Kevin Love should be a phenomenal player in the okay. NBA, and I think okay. he should be treated like that. I'm going to throw this out to you since you brought up the Celtics. If you are Danny Ainge, put yourself into the mind of Danny Ainge. I'm already there. What I'm are you? There. <laughs> what are you offering? I'm a Celtics up? fan, apparently. Yep. What are you offering up for Kevin Love? Give me um, what you would give. What would you want to give up? Is what do you think worth Cleveland that would ask for? He was worth a one before. I mean, I look at that and I say, you're not going to get rid of Jay Crowder. You're not going to get rid of Avery Bradley. You're not going to get rid of Isaiah Thomas. Evan Turner's off the books. Jared Selinger's basically off the books. You look at Marcus Smart. He's a good defender, but not a good shooter. you got to give up picks, and you have a ton of picks. I mean, if you look at the Boston Celtics pick, I think they have about five second-round picks. And I'm not saying he's worth only second-round picks. How many of those picks. picks do you give up? Well, that's what I'm trying to get to, Ricky. I'm trying to t- I'm trying to set it up. I'm, try- I'm not saying you're giving up the third overall pick, and I'm not saying you're giving up the uh, 2017 uh, overall pick from Brooklyn. But I look at the Boston Celtics, and you have the Dallas first-round pick this year. So I think say so you give that one up there. You give up two second-rounders this year. And then you go over and give up a first-rounder from, 
I don't know. I, th- I th- say you give up one of your future first rounders uh, in probably like 2019 or 2018. I say you give them not quality picks like a third overall pick, but you give them you know a lot of picks. I, I say it's more of kind of like the New Orleans Saints trades for pe- Ricky. We're just going to toss picks at you. Basically, the Ricky Williams trade in the NFL where you give them the whole draft. But Except why, why would Cleveland want that? Devil's advocate here. They, they don't want young talent. They want guys who are established who can help them win now. And that's exactly why they got rid of Wiggins. So why the hell would they turn around and be like, yeah, give us picks for K-Love. Unless you're going to get a third team in there to soak those picks and get you some established veteran talent. They're not going to turn on that. They need a player-for-player player trade with Kevin Love. Unless like something dramatically changes where they're like, you know what, fuck it. Let's rebuild with a with a... End of his prime, LeBron. Like, can I, no, that's you, out of their mind. You, can I throw, right, can right. I throw something yeah, out there? Dave, you're right. Yeah. I'm going to throw something out there, and I'm going to add a third team. And I'm just throwing this out there. You guys can talk. Wait, wait, wait. Can I take a guess here? Yeah. All right, all right. Teams Ricky can throw in. Is is it L.A.? No, Chicago and Bulls. Chicago Bulls. No. Uh, well, which L.A. got LA? away. Oh. Which L.A.? Oh. Which L.A.? Lakers. No. No, no. He, Lakers. He, he's thinking. He's thinking that Blake boy. Throw Blake in. Blake goes to Cleveland. Picks go to the Clippers, and then... Boston gets Caleb. I'm just throwing that, it out there. You guys okay. talk. Well, that's an interesting thing, I, I, and I just want to highlight that. Say it does go down. I don't know the specifics, but if Blake ends up on this Cleveland team, he's one of those guys who actually gave Draymond a lot of troubles. He is somebody who can play yeah. up with Draymond, and that way you give LeBron the freedom to go elsewhere on the court. That would be an interesting fit. That's another thing, too, because you look at the, this this Cleveland team, and K-Love's not that athletic. I'm not going to say that, but K-Love's just good. K-Love's right, just right. really good. Blake Griffin's one of the most athletic players in the, in the NBA. And you look at Blake, he's developing a mid-range shot that's pretty decent. He can fly down the court with LeBron and Kyrie. I like that fit for Cleveland. But, again, kind of playing devil's advocate, would the Clippers want to break that up? Would the Clippers even want picks? I mean, they played better without Blake for some part. That's what I'm saying. Blake is is still a, a great player. Would you want to give it up? I, I'm not saying it's—see, it's, it's tough to say that K-Love's going anywhere. But also— does Kevin Love still hold the same value as he did two years ago? No, no, he doesn't. And like you said, even though his percentages haven't decreased, which is the hopeful thing, and that's what you got to be like. All right, so he just needs a little more value, a little, I think. A little okay, bit. but still, it's we're basically getting the same player that who we known who can put up twenty and twelve or twenty plus and twelve at even. And there's absolutely no reason to devalue that just because he was in a system that didn't fit at all and he was ignored. That's that's absolutely asinine. I think NBA GMs and people scouting, everybody knows there's still so much value left with him. Ricky, I need your tinfoil hat. Pass it. Pass it over. Pass okay. it, pass, pass okay. it over. Two K, Ricky. Ugh. All right, all right. This is this is crazy. A team that they met up in the Easter Conference Finals here. Okay, Toronto and Cleveland gonna work out a deal. What does Toronto need? They need a stretch four. They need a guy to you know be able to stretch the floor out here. This isn't gonna happen, but. You sign trade Bismack Biombo to Cleveland Cavaliers. They get a guy who's athletic. They get a guy who's young. They get a guy who can play defense. They get a guy who can protect the paint. They can get a guy who they can put against. Uh, they can come off and play off of Tristan Thompson. You go a sign and trade. You go. You you give up the ninth overall pick or the ninth pick in the draft because Toronto doesn't need it. You're gonna get that stretch four. Uh, you give K Love to Toronto. Toronto gets K Love. You resign DeRozan. You resign uh, Kyle Lowry. I don't think it's going to happen though, because why would Cleveland, you know, supplement uh, Toronto with a better player there? And plus, it's not going to happen just because why would Beck Biombo be in a sign trade? But uh, Sean, is this just my day to like piss on your ideas? Because yes. <laughs> didn't they just didn't they just sign Tristan Thompson to a huge deal a, the year yes, before? Same. And isn't Beck Biombo just a shittier version of Tristan Thompson? Yes. Two, so, tri- two Tristans, one James. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I mean. I don't know, 
Sean, maybe the tinfoil hat doesn't fit you too well. No, it doesn't. You got to return that back to its rightful owner over here. See, but I don't where I want Caleb to succeed. <laughs> it's like Caleb will succeed. I want my boy he to succeed. Just needs to go somewhere that will use him. And that's crazy to say because we talk about all this potential. He's still in his prime. Twenty-seven is like that is like year two of your prime. Mm-hmm. You are right there, and he can absolutely throw down still. I, I think it's like you said, it's a lot of mental too. It's mental toughness because he has to go back and reestablish himself as a leader and as one of the go-to guys on a team. Final trade I'm throwing out there. Cleveland and Washington figures out a way to get Caleb to Washington. You got a team of Marcin Gortat, John Wall, and Bradley Beal. You trade a guy like Markeith Morris and maybe Otto Porter for Cleveland. You get you get you know, some supplemented players there. Maybe you throw in a couple picks. Just throw it out there. I don't know if it's going to work. Can I don't I, know. I just want Caleb. Can to I throw somewhere. out a free agent thing for Cleveland? Go, go ahead. Why don't they just trade K-Love and then I'm thinking to the free Gasol. agents? No, trade him to fucking whatever, the Celtics, and then go after a guy in free agency like Paul Gasol. Uh, because the whole point is them getting more athletic. Yeah, Paul uh, Gasol Weirdly is enough, Paul not, Gasol is not that athletic. Anymore. Or a sign and trade for Al Horford. Sign and trade everyone. Clear, no, no. Okay, if, if we're going to look in free agency, say they get rid of this problem somehow. Don't know how, but K-Love is someone else's problem at this point. I shouldn't say it that way, but K-Love is somewhere else, and they need a four. Why not go out there and get yourself a stretch four in Ryan Anderson? Yeah. We, but, you talked about it. Give LeBron James shooters. He wants spot-up shooters. Ryan Anderson is a spot-up fucking shooter. But then Channing Fry too. I mean, that's basically Channing, Channing Fry is a failed experiment who they didn't use. Channing Fry, he has question. the length, and they, they don't use him in the to... NBA Finals. They used him every other series. I don't know why they're not using him in the NBA Finals. But Ryan Anderson gives you a ridiculous length. You want to know something and funny some about athletes. that? He's not the most athletic, but some. He's still young too. You yeah. want to know something funny about you bringing up Ryan Anderson? Sure. He thing. was on um, the Vertical podcast with um, JJ Redick, and he actually said on the Vertical podcast that. By the trade deadline, he was like this close, like ninety nine point nine percent chance traded to Cleveland at the deadline. I mean, See, I didn't Ryan, know that Ryan Anderson was almost a Cavalier, but then they went and got Channing Fry instead. The cheaper deal, the cheaper, cheaper deal. deal. Yes, the wrong Here, deal. Here's something that you could Maybe. do then if you're New Orleans and if Cleveland goes out and says, "Okay, we're going to trade Love." And we want Ryan Anderson. Sign and if, trade Ryan Anderson. From the Pelicans, fucking let's work a sign and trade because then you can work you can work A D and love and not lose Anderson for nothing. But you'd probably have to give up a pick. I don't know if that's the sixth overall, but you'd have to lose something. My head hurts. My head hurts really bad, guys. Dude, I, this is like right up my this is right on my wheelhouse. This, tin, man. this, tin foil, <laughs> this is a tinfoil room well, at this point. I think point. there's a chip chip in my the brain. Thing, it's getting messed up. The thing that you don't understand about the tinfoil oh, I don't hat, understand anything. It's it's like a hat from lids. It's fitted and it only fits my head. So you have a I, weird I, shaped head. I think it's I do. It's I round great though too. that we're trying this hard to make Cleveland and K Love both happy. And I mean a lot of these things could put them back in the finals. But are they going to do any of those? And do you think they're even going to get back next year? Yes. Yeah, the you, East you is the East. They're just going to carry their way through LeBron's no, the shoulders? the East is the East. Yeah, I, th- I, think they're still, I still think they're going to win the, the Eastern Conference. I, I, unless, unless, unless the Celtics come out. I think the Celtics are the dark horse in the Eastern Conference. I think, I think Pistons Toronto, aren't there yet? What's up? Pistons aren't there yet? Pistons aren't there yet. They're, they'll be Oh, I want them to five. be there. They'll be top five. I think they need a little more. Fair uh, enough. They need a shooting guard. That, that can actually be decent. Because, yeah. I mean, Caldwell Cal- Pope's still, still young. And Stanley Johnson, I, I think I think the Pistons will be there soon soon enough, and they have the right coach in place. But uh, final question, because we really didn't actually answer the question, we just kind of went with it. Are the Cavs going to trade K Love? Yes, they or no? should. Yes, 
I'm gonna go Will he yes. be traded? Yes. I feel like, yeah. I, I think LeBron has the power to make that happen. <laughs> LeBron has the power to say, you are now the scapegoat. Get I, out of town. I think they'll be desperate. And I, I, d- I can see him like pull a Donald Trump be like, mm, you're well, fired. Well, it, <laughs> well, and here's the thing you got to think I'm about, too. Yep. When David Blatt was fired, what did all the Cavs players think it was originally about? K-Love gone. K-Love yeah. being traded. So He's yeah, the odd man happens. out in the room. It's a shame, but... It's what it is. See, I think I think the Cavs will be desperate enough to trade them and, and get something going because I think they'll be stalling. If, I think they think they will be stalling and not going anywhere or improving if they don't get rid of someone. K-Love's that scapegoat. I think they'll get desperate enough where they can find a trade, and it might not be for the right value for K-Love. I'm desperate enough as a K-Love fan that I want him to be traded. I think K-Love's going to get traded. I think it's going to happen. I don't know for what. If they don't push that button, LeBron not going to sign that contract. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe maybe we'll, the next topic will be, is LeBron going to be a Cav next year? We'll see. Oh, man. That could happen if they lose Monday. Hey, maybe maybe we'll go to maybe we'll go to Los Angeles Clippers then. Maybe maybe Blake will be paired up there. Maybe, well, well, we'll then we'd start the CP3, Melo, D-Wade, <laughs> LeBron, James all wanting to play together, but they'll probably have to play in New York because Melo's not going to leave. Exactly. We'll, we'll, we'll figure something out. But anyways, that's going to wrap up this week's Episode of the Fast Break Podcast. I need a bucket of Advil after all these sign and trade talks. I'm just I'm just worn out of the tinfoil hat. Anyways, thank you for listening, everyone. If you're listening on SoundCloud, don't forget to hit that red like button. We really love the support and repost this to all your friends because all with uh, you know surrounded by those dope mixtapes are our podcast. So do not forget to share those to your friends. If you're listening on YouTube, hit that like button and subscribe to our channel. Do not miss any of the fast break content that's going out and any of our NBA content coming out because we're in the thick of NBA draft season. We're in the thick of NBA free agent season, and then we're probably going to do some fun stuff after all that's dwindled down and all the all, and we're getting around uh, summer camp and all that stuff. We'll, we'll probably you know go into some uh, fantasy stuff. We'll probably go into all some all time stuff. Your we'll, mock draft's coming out soon, isn't it? My mock draft will be coming out soon. We'll probably see, we'll probably see that next week. Anyways, it's going to wrap up this episode. You can follow me on Twitter at Schwab. You can follow Ricky on Twitter at Ricky Whitmer. You can follow Dave on Twitter at Dave underscore don't underscore tweet. You can follow us on Facebook at MVP Sports Network. You can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Most Valuable Podcast. Patrons who donate a dollar get a $1 monthly exclusive podcast. It's real fun. Currently on that one for June is me, Dave, and Mark. And we talk about adult stuff. And then, uh, not the adult stuff you're thinking, though. And then you can also find us on Snapchat at Most Valuable Pod. So follow us on those platforms and do not miss any of our content by subscribing. But that's going to wrap up this episode of The Fast Break. And K-Love, if you're out there, I love you, I respect you, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.